Num number 
Good morning. Good each of you this morning. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it's really a joy to be able to be here today. We've been um, wanting to be here for quite some time. We've missed the brethren here and just hasn't seemed to work out very well. And um, thankful that it, it has worked out this morning. Thankful that we can be here with you. Sister shared going through the line um, that all of my energy there that I just needed to slow down just a little bit and I have that tendency as I we have a greeting line like that and seeing everyone and greeting one another my mind starts to go and then um, start getting a little bit ahead of myself at times and it uh, shared with the brother that was standing there beside me. I said, you know, I said, it just seems like whenever I get out of the car and I'm heading into the grocery store or wherever I'm at, it just seems like I'm about 10 paces or so far ahead, you know, of everybody else that I get out of the truck with or out of the car with. I just kind of run about everywhere. And I, I, it's just kind of how I tend to be wired. So I just ask for your prayers that that uh, the Lord would be able to use my mind that feels pretty weak right now. And uh, trust that you've all had a prayer upon your heart. Look forward to the day. We can witness what the Lord has done in the lives of others. And uh, again, are just glad that we can be here. The words opened here to the book of Isaiah. And I have here Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 1. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast ye find pleasure and exact all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day. To make your voice to be heard on high? Is it such a fast that I have chosen, a day, for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh? Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health 
shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy re-reward. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity, and if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually, and satisfy thy soul in drought, and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Sing hymn number 186 together.
Let's bow before the Lord in prayer. Our kind Heavenly Father, we come before thee here in this morning hour. Father, we come before thee as a collective group of brothers and sisters and friends. We bow before thee, Father, and for some of us, we've not been together for some time, but yet, Father, gathering around thy throne, gathering around to worship thee, around thy word, Father, we would have no other reason, nothing else to bring us together except it were for thee, Father. We are thankful, Father, for thy son, Jesus Christ, life that he lived, and that his testimony and his life has been preserved for us. Though many men throughout history have tried to remove the knowledge of God from the face of the earth, yet, Father, in thy divine providence and thy divine goodness, thou hast kept thy word safe and secure so that all that would seek after the truth might know it and that they might draw nearer unto thee. And, Father, as we gather here this morning, it would be our prayer, Father, as we pray from Sunday to Sunday, that thou would be here in our midst. Father, that thou would speak very plainly to us, that thou would make thyself known to us, and that as thy children, Father, thou would draw us closer unto thee. Father, we see our children sometimes, and they need correction. There's discipline that's needed at times. There's correction that's needed at times. There's encouragement that needs to be offered at times. A kind word, an encouraging word. It can keep them moving in that right direction. And Father, being thy children, we come before thee this morning knowing that we need this as well. And so we pray that thy spirit would be here in our midst and speak plainly to us, clearly to us, the things that are needed. It's overwhelming, Father, to me, to see all of the different faces in this room, knowing that they all have some similar needs, but, Father, some very different needs. And just as men, we can, Father, get ourselves in the way. As we sing there, Father, we just pray that we could be very lowly before Thee. And that, Father, that we could, as men, be out of the way. And that we would just allow Thee to speak through us. We don't know what. We have not prepared, Lord, our hearts for any specific message we do not know how that would even work or move here, Father. We've opened thy word here, and we have beautiful scripture to consider. We just pray that thy spirit now would, would guide our meditation, lay it to our hearts. Father, how many times we've come around thy word, and because of our weak minds, because of the distractions of this life, we've forgotten what we've heard. Though for the moment it maybe pleased us or chastened us or it worked in us, and yet, Father, it was very quickly, maybe over the lunch hour, maybe before we got home, something or another had come along, and we so quickly forget, Father. So, Father, we don't know that we'll hear anything new today. We just need to be reminded, and we pray that that, that would be kind to us and remind us. Father, we think of Ralph and Laban and 
Father, the joy that we have of what thou hast done, bringing two souls to salvation. And Father, it would certainly be our prayer that thou would bless them this day. This would be a day, Father, that they could always look back upon the rest of their life and see the victory of Jesus Christ and his salvation and his gospel, working and being victorious in their life. We pray a blessing upon them, Father. Father, we pray for all else who would be here today who have not yet come to know thee, who have not yet humbled themselves in repentance. Father, who are trying maybe of their own will or trying of their own strength, maybe to get good enough or to be good enough. Father, maybe they've said in their hearts that they will get to a certain place of goodness and then they will repent. But Father, this never works. And we just pray, Father, that that would just help them, give them the grace to repent and come just even as they are now. And then that they would look to thee, Father, for that grace. That would give them the grace to repent. To find peace with thee, Father, would be our prayer. We know, Father, there are only two destinations where each of us will end here in this room. And we know before those two destinations, Father, we will come, all of us here will come before thee, that great throne of judgment. Father, we pray that we would be ready and prepared for that. That we would not die unprepared. So be in our midst here today, Father. We ask thy blessing to be upon us. Calm our, our hearts, Lord, our minds. How quick they can race at times. Give us thy calmness and thy peace and thy grace, now we pray. Keep evil away from us, O God, in this day, that the, that the evil one would not be able to come and rob that good seed that thou would desire to plant now. We love thee and we thank thee, Lord Jesus. It's in thy name we do pray. Amen. opened here to the middle of the book of chapter 4 of John. I'm just going to turn back so we can begin at the beginning here of John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse 1. John chapter 4, verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. 
There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that sayest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto him, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that one you bestowed no labor, other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors." I'm going to conclude reading there at the 38th verse for now.
Verse 23 there says, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so we come here today and we get ready for church, which is appropriate and right and good. We wake up in the Sunday morning and we prepare, hopefully we prepare our hearts. Hopefully we wake up in the morning and and we come before God and we prepare our hearts before God to go into the house of worship. And I believe there's a proper way in entering into that house of worship, even physically. How we're seen, how, how, how others see us. And we come, and we've combed our hair, and we've gotten dressed. And we're not in the same clothes that we were in when we, at least that I was in, Monday when I went to work. And we set this day apart, don't we? We set this day apart coming to expect to hear the word of God. And I hope it's our prayer, each of us, that we would hear Not from a man. None of us here, I don't think, would want to hear from a man. I hope not. I hope that that's not what our heart's desire is. I hope that that excitement that maybe we can hear or feel sometimes towards certain men, I hope we recognize that and don't do really much with that. I hope that our heart's desire is to come and to hear from the Word of God. But we can come here And we can set this day apart, and it is truly different, isn't it? I remember growing up as a kid, and I remember that Sunday always felt different. And I, I, it's hard for me to comprehend those that go, and Sunday's just another day. I have never felt that way. In fact, maybe if you're homesick, and you're not able to go to church, and you're not able to go be with the brethren, it doesn't feel right, does it? It doesn't feel like Sunday, and that bothers us when we go into Monday, when we go into Tuesday. It feels like something has been missing from our week when we cannot go into the house of God and worship together, and when we have that day set apart. I trust that all of us here probably know that, and that we've grown up feeling that way, that Sunday is a special day. We look forward to it. It's different than any other day of the week. It feels different. There's just, the whole day feels different. And we come here, and as we sit here in these pews then, as we sit here gathered around the word of God, to hear God speak to us, 
that God sees past God sees past all of the outward form that we've put on here this morning. We feel obligated to smile sometimes, don't we? We feel obligated to come and as we greet our brethren to, to smile and to say how wonderful. And, it, and it, I, I trust that's a true feeling. But sometimes that's not always the case with everyone. Sometimes they come in with a heavy heart. Sometimes they've had a hard week. Sometimes there's been things in that past week that are troubling their conscience. It's troubling their minds. It's troubling their hearts. Things didn't go just how they would have hoped or how they even should have or how God would have desired. And so they come with a conscience that's heavy. Maybe there's been, hopefully not. But maybe there has not been victory in all of those areas of life in the past week. And as we sit here, God sees us in, as it says there, in spirit and in truth. God's able to look down and he sees past everything that we can put on. And he looks right down there into the heart. And so as we sit here, under the sound of God's word, under the hopefully, I hope, the gaze of God, as God would look down upon us, is your heart clear in that this morning? Are you at peace with God this morning? Or is there something troubling? Maybe something could have been done different. Maybe something should have been done different. We wonder sometimes, don't we? We wonder sometimes maybe why things seem to be so different today. We look about us and it seems like everything is changing, doesn't it? Does it seem like anything is stable? Does it seem like anything is solid? Does it seem like anything is not moving? We look, at, we look at so many things and we wish it were different, don't we? And sometimes we can look at the church and we can look at where the church is at. And sometimes if you're like me, I have wondered why, where, is that power of that first church. We read there in the book of Acts, and they had such a, a, a power upon them. It wasn't their power. It was the Spirit of God upon them. Why? Because their hearts were right and clean before God. We come here to Isaiah 58, and I'm jumping around just a little bit. But let us go back here to Isaiah chapter 58. And it says here, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sins. And so, here am I among you, brethren. I haven't been with you for 
for, I think it's been about nine months. And I cannot know. I would not know. I would just lay that question to our hearts. How has our week been? How has our month been? Is there something that is troubling us? Is there something that is bothering our conscience? Has there been something in the past that needed to be done different? We wonder why the power of God is void from our lives at times. We wonder why our prayers seem dry. Do you ever wonder that? I can wonder that at times. Sometimes our prayers feel dry. Sometimes our Bible reading feels dry. Sometimes we open it up and then we find that the Bible has slipped out of our hands because we fell asleep. And then we wonder, we can wonder why. Why do we feel that dryness in our hearts sometimes? I'm not saying it's always connected to sin, but sometimes it is connected to sin. Sometimes there's something that's not right that needs to be made right. Sometimes there's a relationship that needs to be mended. Sometimes there's a word that needs to be corrected. Sometimes there's an action that needs to be stopped. Sometimes there's something that needs to be done. And sometimes that dryness can come upon an individual because they're not right with God. And what is the solution? I tell my children so often, and I tell their brethren back home, if there's something that we do that it's not right, what do we do? What do we tell our children to do if there's something that's not right that they're doing and they're young? Don't we just tell them to stop doing it? And that's really hard to do when they're not converted. But doesn't that principle apply then to our to our young ones, our young converts, and then our brothers and sisters, if there's something that we do that we feel was sin before God or maybe was sin before God, what do we do of it? We repent of it and we stop doing it. We confess it. We get it out of our life. We, we remove it. But here was a people, and Isaiah was being told, lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. These were the children of God. We gather here as the children of God. We've prepared ourselves for Sunday. We've come with the expectation to hear God's word, and now we sit under the sound of the word. Here here they were, yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God, they ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. And God is seeking a people, as we read back here, but God is seeking a people who will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. It goes on here. They were fasting, and yet it didn't, God wasn't seeing. They were afflicting their souls, and yet God was taking no knowledge. Because God saw past those things, and he saw that in the day of their fast, they were finding pleasure. And they were meticulously keeping track of everything that they were doing. They were keeping track of all of their labors. They were, they were keeping a ledger sheet, so to speak, and God wasn't ha- happy with that. He found out that in their most spiritual things that they were doing, in approaching unto God and fasting and, and offering sacrifices, that even in those things, their heart was not right with God. 
their heart was not right with God. Now that could happen among us, couldn't it? How many times are we tempted? We have large families, and the children come in and go out. There's so many opportunities, are there not, to maybe improve how we're doing it, to maybe do it just a little bit better. Maybe not to be so quick or so impatient or maybe not being gentle. It doesn't take too much looking at ourselves in the light of the word to realize I can do it better. And that's why we come, isn't it? To hear the word of God, to be challenged, to be encouraged, to be strengthened, that we can do better. We can do better. It says here, Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Back here, or in our reading here in the, in the New Testament, I hope you can follow along here with the way my thoughts go here as I read this. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? This woman is, comes here to the Lord, and she's obviously very confused. She's obviously a very immoral woman. It's, it's, it's despicable to think that she'd had five husbands and the one that she was with then. I mean, this is a woman that probably, probably most of us here, would, would we, this sounds really bad, but we would struggle visiting with her, wouldn't we? And I'm not saying that that's right. I'm just saying, wouldn't we struggle visiting? Wouldn't, wouldn't we, we'd hardly know what to do. We wouldn't hardly know how to, it, it'd be very difficult to talk to a woman like this. And Jesus just asks of her, give me to drink. And he begins to visit with her there. If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And the woman saith him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? And he goes on, Art thou greater? She goes on, Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us, gave us this well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water and that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And we can think about that. And I think sometimes that we, we would maybe be excited about that. We're going to talk to this lady, and we're going to share truth with her, and there's going to be, and now she's asking. She, she says, I, I want this water, and what does Jesus do? What does Jesus do in this situation? He, 
Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. He could have said to that woman who had sin in her life, he could have said, like so many say today, and it's a false teaching, just accept me. Just accept me and go in peace. God bless you. Just just believe in me. I am Jesus, accept me, and now go on. But that's not what Jesus did. If we are going to serve Jesus and, and worship him rightly, we must do it in spirit and truth. And the Lord will always, before we can get close to him and worship, before we can come into his presence, before we can actually be near to him, sometimes we wonder, why are we feel so distant from God? Why are we so far from him? God is looking upon us and he sees that if you want to come near to me and worship me in spirit and truth, then you must first go call your husband. That had to have been incredibly uncomfortable. Go call your husband first. And she says, I don't have a husband. And I get the feeling there that she was trying to maybe be a little bit deceitful. Kind of wiggle away just a little bit from her sin. She knew what she was. In the presence of Jesus Christ, the holiest man that ever lived, that ever walked the face of the earth, here she is now encountering him. And the shame and the reproach and the feeling of disgust, it had to be weighing upon her. What have I done? If you want to drink of this living water, we can't do it in word like, the, like they were doing. We've got to actually come in spirit and in truth. And so go call your husband. Cleanse yourself. We can look so fine on the outside and yet inwardly not be right. We can look so fine on a, on a Sunday gathering like this. We've prepared ourselves. We've gotten ourselves ready. We've looked forward with anticipation at what's before us in this day. We can come here and sit in these pews, and we can sit under the same word of God, and we can truly, I believe, have the desire to come before God, to come into his presence. We want to go home. We don't want to be dry. We don't want to have our prayers feel dead. We don't want to read the word and fall asleep. We don't want to go through this life feeling distance from our creator, from our God. And yet we can walk out of here every bit the same way and go into another week just as dry, just as dead, just as cold, just as distant from God, maybe because, and God forbid, but maybe because, maybe there's something there that God would want to put his finger on and say, go call your husband. Go get that out of your life. Be right in spirit and in truth, and then come and worship me. Go back and call him. And he brings us face to face with that thing in our life that maybe we hope nobody else finds out about. Maybe we hope that no one else ever needs to know. Maybe we hope that, is it really that big of a deal to have to say it? I don't know. I just feel moved to say it. Maybe there's been some of you here who have felt like maybe you need to go visit with Lynn. Maybe I need to go visit with Brother Lynn. There's been something that's been troubling my conscience for quite some time. Maybe it was a business deal. Maybe it was a a hard word. Maybe it was a way that a child was treated. Maybe there is something that is bothering you that is going back to a time. And you thought, should I go? No, it would just seem ridiculous, wouldn't it? What would Brother Lynn think of me? 
What would Brother Lynn think if I came and I confessed that? Wouldn't it be so silly? It seems so trivial. It seems so nothing. And yet you haven't been able to get free from it. It bothers you, not every day, but from time to time. And you want to draw closer to God. You want to be near to him. You don't want to be apart from him. And maybe God is saying that, go, bring it out. Now, I understand in a crowd this size, there may be some of you who struggle with the accuser of the brethren as well. I just want to quickly address that. I don't want to spend much time. And I'm sure that Brother Lynn can help you if that's your particular struggle where you feel like the devil's accusing you all the time, where the devil is constantly telling you how terrible you are, where the devil's constantly telling you how of a, much of a failure you are. That's a different struggle than what I'm talking about here. That's a different struggle than what I'm mentioning. I'm talking about the individual that knows and yet gets ready for church on Sunday. Looks, acts, talks. It's believable. None of us here would know. I'm certainly not accusing because I wouldn't know you dear ones enough to accuse. I just read this word and I think there's such beautiful promises if we purge ourselves, if we cleanse ourselves, if we get every, every bit out of us. God wants us to come and worship in spirit and truth. And now I just want to close on, some, on a few verses here. I'm sorry, I know I'm getting just a, a few minutes past here, but if you could just bear with me just a little bit yet. There are some beautiful verses here. I would encourage all of us to fast. I don't have enough time necessarily to talk about that, but I believe that fasting is a beautiful part of the Christian life that actually gives strength. But if we're going to fast, we need to fast and fast away from sin, fast from all unrighteousness, fast from all worldliness, come out of the world and be a separate people entirely, purge ourselves from all impatience, Purge ourselves from all uncleanness. Purge ourselves from all those things. Fast from those things. But now there's beautiful verses here. I would encourage us all to go back through them. And God says, is this not what I'm looking for? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? Jesus says back here where we were reading, he says, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they're white already to harvest. There's all kinds of opportunities all around about us people who are naked, people who are starving, people who are dying spiritually. And we have an opportunity. Is it not to deal out thy bread to them? I don't know how that's all supposed to look in everybody's life here, but I trust the Lord will lead us in that. But then this beautiful promise. If we do these things, we put off hypocrisy, we put off these things that, that, that aren't right before God. If we come before him and worship him in spirit and truth, then God says, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine hell shall spring forth speedily. Do you feel like you're in darkness at times? Do you feel like you're in confusion at times? Do you feel like sometimes things just don't make sense? You can't make any heads or tails out of things? There is a prescription here, and it's getting right in the sight of God and being clean before God. And then our light shall break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, we will be strong spiritually. Spiritually, we can have strength. And thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy re-reward. You know what that re-reward is? That re-reward is in the army. 
in a war, it's that group, it's that battlement that comes behind and protects from the rear. It comes back and protects from the back and makes sure that the enemy can't get in from the backside. The enemy is always trying to get in from the backside. But God is going to so surround us and protect us. He's going to be the glory of the Lord shall be our re-reward. He'll be behind us. He'll be in front of us. Then thou shalt call and the Lord shall answer. Here am I. Your prayers won't be dry anymore. Your Bible reading won't be dry anymore. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger. Isn't it easy to point a finger at a brother sometimes? I hope not. But sometimes it really can be. We wonder, why is he doing that? Why is he thinking that? Why does he say these things? That's different than me. That's different than what I would want to do it. And we can so quickly put those things away. Speaking of vanity, I'm sorry I'm going on here. There's so much here that I, maybe I should have just read this. I, but, but I just want to say one more thing yet. Maybe one more thing. In verse 12 it says, And they that shall be of thee, now, this is a beautiful promise. If there's some of you here today who has a struggle with it seems like it seems like the Christian church, it seems like the church is not, where is the power of God at? It seems like we've lost things. It seems like things need to be recovered. I don't like the term. They use it a lot, revival. I don't like that term necessarily. It seems like it's cheap a lot of times. But you know, it does seem like we've lost a lot over the years. It seems like if we read there in the book of Acts, we do have to look inwardly and say, is there something wrong with me? But here's a prescription, and I believe the Lord expounds upon it. He's looking for those to worship him in spirit and in truth, in holiness. It says, and they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. Seems like the foundations of Christianity, many things have been lost. Seems like it's been trampled on. Seems like it's been covered over with all the rubbish. And there's a great need to build back up and to restore and to be workers for the Lord in that church. It says, and thou shalt be called the repair of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Say not, say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Have we not been reminded of many things? Have we not been reminded of our life? And there are those times, as we were reminded, we think, where, oh, where is my God? 
I had to think, though, how the Sabbath day and the other six days work together. It doesn't seem like we can enjoy the six days of the week if we had a bad Sabbath. Neither can we enjoy the Sabbath day if we've had a bad six days. Our work, our labors, our love, our joy needs to show each and every day in a true way. In a, that we can express our feelings to others, the joy, maybe not say a word, maybe just a, the best sermon oftentimes is to be a good example. But how thankful can we be that today, through the evening past and the testimony of our dear friends who we hope will be brothers soon, could testify that the love of God is still available to the, today. And we think of that, how great God's love really is. That today, if we don't harden our hearts, and we listen to that still small voice and that spirit that comes to us and says, if you want to, if you want to be mine, follow me. And that when, isn't that a wonderful invitation? It takes all that we can give. And that, through faith, and that by God, grace. And so we do want to be thankful for what God has given us and how we can rejoice. I had to think when it was mentioned about the chaos and the things around us, what did the song, the words of the song that we sang tell us to do? Let them rage. Fear not, little flock. Let them rage. We don't have to worry about all those things. We do. It affects us, but should we, when we think of what God has prepared for those that love him? I'd be glad if a brother would give on a song to praise God with. Number 267. 
Let's kneel in prayer. Our dear Father, all-knowing, all-seeing, with whom there is no mystery, nothing that we can hide, but we come as an open book. Dear Lord, this new day that we have come to worship Thee, and dear Father, as Thou lookest into our hearts, we pray that we would worship Thee truly in spirit and in truth that all hypocrisy, all falsehood would be cut away and done away, even if to this point, if that's the way we have come, that, dear Lord, it would be no more. Our dear Father, our Lord Jesus, Thou hast made the way to the Father, to the throne of grace, Dear Lord, Thou hast paid our ransom with Thy blood and Thy sacrifice that this way to the Father's heart that we can approach Thee in spirit and in truth. Our dear Father, so we pray, dear Lord, as Your Word has gone forth and You have laid Thy finger in, in our heart wherever Dear Lord, we need to change. Dear Lord, where we are not Christ-like, or if we have not even begun on the way of following Christ, we pray, dear Lord, thy word we have spoken to each one. Dear Lord, for it is not thy will that any should perish or that any be destroyed. We pray, dear Lord, we know that thy heart is to save the souls of men, that all would come to repentance, to the knowledge of your truth. So we pray, dear Lord, that we would all have such a heart. We pray, dear Lord, that more would be seeking thee, even in these last days, dear Lord. When there's so much darkness, may there be those that are seeking light and truth, dear Lord, and see through all, all this darkness to seek for that which satisfies, that which is living water. We pray, dear Lord, that more, more would come to the living water to drink, to taste and see that thou art good. Pray, dear Father, you would bless this day as we've come with anticipation, with joy. Dear Lord, even when one soul comes to seek Thee, we know that all the, all the heavens ring with joy. We can't imagine what that is like. But here we are, Lord, we desire to share in that joy when souls come to Thee. So we pray for your blessing, dear Father. Bless this day. Bless our walk with thee. Grant that we would be honest and sincere before thy face. We give thee thanks now. We commend this day into your hands. And
pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. There's many of us from Bluffton here um, today that we do wish to extend our love and greetings to the brethren here and um, also to just encourage. Um, brother asked me a little while back ago, are you getting enough visitors? And um, I, I said, no. And uh, I, but they've tried. We've, we've had a, a lot of sickness and a lot of, just seems like it's been really difficult for that to happen. And I said, you know, um, Sunday visitors, it really works out well. Um, even overnight guests works out well sometimes. There's one, our family is able to keep overnight guests sometimes. Uh, too much can be too much. But um, it is really a blessing. It's really a blessing to have the brethren come out even on a Sunday, spend that time with us. If we can have a meal afterwards, I know sometimes that gets a little challenging too, but um, certainly want to give a warm welcome and invitation to everyone that that can do that um, that would really be a blessing it's a joy to when we do have time together and uh, we're thankful for those times so just want to extend that our love and greetings and again just the, the joy it is to be able to be with you here today we've been looking forward to it so any other greetings this morning Thank you. I'd like to mention the upcoming plans for the day and the week, if I can get it all together here. Lord willing, we hope to have baptisms here this afternoon. And then a potluck meal here in the church basement at 4.30. Everyone is invited and everyone is welcome. And then we do something a little different here we hope to have a singing but we felt best if it maybe be in the sanctuary um, the basement might be full so maybe maybe a time of singing and a new testament reading and visit with brother dwight just a little bit about something a little different and I think of a suit and tie or whatever but i think we felt that if uh, our singing dress would be sufficient for this evening, if unless you want to wear a suit and tie, that's fine too. And then uh, also on Wednesday evening, Lord willing, we hope to have our communion services Wednesday evening at seven o'clock. Yeah. At everything, yeah. yeah. God bless. <clears throat>